Welcome to another episode of Language for Liberation. It's your boy Bukhari Ibrahim, aka OG Baka, joined by my illustrious, uh, philosophical genius, uh, savant, <laughs> co-host, Mr. Barrels Pitner. Um, <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> Another week in the books in this crazy world of 2020 that we live in, huh? Yeah, yeah. Every, everything's happening. Everything happens now in like a day. A day. Uh, it's wild. Really cool. Well, you know, it's great to, uh, you know, talk to you at the end of this week, you know, talk to about uh, the next word. You know, I think let's let's get right into it because, you know, this week we've seen a lot. This week was the first presidential debate between Joe Biden and Donald Trump which um, I don't even think you can call it a debate. It was really just a unprofessional, uh, just bad conversation. Not, I don't know what to call it, honestly, but it was not the, a- The journal from CNN just called it a shit show. Like, yeah. like, like, we feel weird using that type of terminology, but like the discourse amongst like the professional reporting group has been like, I think it's fair to call it a shit show or a dumpster fire. I've seen dumpster fire being said, like Dan Rather tweeted out calling it a dumpster fire. So like, you know, I, this, so this is a, a little tangent, but I think with Trump in many ways, since he has a dignified position as the president, some places supposed to have dignity, there's a desire to use like dignified language to describe what he does. But like what he does is undignified most of the time. Right. And so when you use dignified language to describe undignified actions, it then makes those actions seem like they're dignified or they're respectable. And and so I think this debate for some people was like that tipping point where it's like, actually, the most proper terms we have in our language to describe what that debate was are as close to curse words as we can on television. Right, like we have to go this way because we can't. It's like we can't cover this up anymore. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, there's that, and you know, clearly the president got COVID uh, this week, so that happened too. Uh, so everything's happening. And and we found out that he only paid seven hundred and fifty dollars in taxes. Oh yeah, that's right, seven hundred fifty bucks. That sound that feels like it was ages ago. That was that was Monday. This week too. <laughs> that was Monday. <laughs> That was Man, like the New York Times definitely thought they, that that work was going to lead the news for a week. You, there's no way they thought that all, that work of getting us taxes, they had like multiple stories too, that that would just get buried in like a day and a half. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. And then, and then um, the Melania tapes came out last night too. Oh, yeah. 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 Those definitely made her seem like, a, a, you know, I guess the power term is like a co-conspirator. So you know, she's like a clear, like a clear collaborator with Trump and everything. And I think America's had a had a narrative of wanting to imagine that she was like apart from all of Trump's horrible actions. Uh, but no, she's all up in it. Yeah. So it's a interesting. It's been an interesting news week, uh, to say the least. In this, I call it the soap opera. I feel like we opt into this story. It's kind of like turning me turn on. You go scroll through Twitter, it's like, you're almost like, yeah, let me just see what, what this show is about, almost. So that's, it. in reality TV this week, reality social media week. Yeah, it's really strange, because we're using the word 
reality in relation to like the fake reality of television to describe our actual reality. So right. like when we're saying like it's like reality, we're, we're not even saying that it feels real. We're, we're saying it feels like the fake iteration of reality that we watch on television that we know is orchestrated. Talk about language going like up in the air. Uh, <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Let's, our, let's get into our word this week, our phrase this week. Mauvaise foi. Yeah. Yeah. Bad faith, which is a word that, um, or a phrase that, you know, it, it's near and dear to us here at the Sustainable Culture Lab. You know, let's talk about mauvaise foi and why you chose bad faith as the phrase this week. Um, so it was kind of funny. We've done nearly 30 newsletters of the word at this point, and I haven't used mauvaise foi or bad faith as one yet, which is strange because it's like it's a key concept to like so much of what we talk about or do. So it kind of just like surprised me um, that we hadn't used it yet. And I felt, you know, we just need to get it out there. And clearly, as we talk about the election and what's happening in the U.S., it's, it's a very important phrase to understand what what's transpires in our society on a daily basis. So like uh, so we'll just so bad faith. There's like two types. There's the, the iteration that most people are familiar with, where, you know, you engage in a like a, a, a bargain or a relationship with someone and they engage in it. And they do bad faith, which is they lie and they know they're lying. If so you say, you know, it could be really simple stuff like, hey, uh, go do the dishes. And they're like, I'll do the dishes. And that person doesn't do the dishes. Like that's, that's a, that's bad faith. That is, you know, they, they don't have good faith. And so like bad faith would be that you can't trust them, that they're lying, that they're deceitful, that they're deceptive. They're saying one thing and doing another thing. Like that, that's, that's very much bad faith. And, and the traditional way that we're accustomed to thinking of bad faith, the, the person who is lying knows that they're lying. Like, they are intentionally aware that they are telling you something that they don't intend to do. Um, and so most people try to not interact with people who do bad faith because if you know that there's someone that's going to lie and deceive you, you don't, that's not beneficial. That's bad. You would want, you'd want to have a, a good faith relationship where you say, Hey, we're going to do this. And they say, yeah, let's do it. And then they do it, you know, like, Kari and I, we have a good faith relationship regarding many things, but especially this podcast, you know, like when it comes time to produce the podcast, we know we're going to do it. I don't, I don't show up and Bakari's like, oh man, I told you I was going to do it and then I can't do it. It's like, no, like we're doing the podcast. That's good faith. A bad faith one would be really problematic. But the, the more, the second type of bad faith is an existential version and Jean-Paul Sartre brought this up in his book, uh, Being and Nothingness. And the second type of bad faith is when the, the person who is usually lying doesn't know that they're lying, that they're actually lying to themselves. So say something is, is false, but I believe it to be true. All of my actions that I think are like truthful actions will just be a manifestation of that lie. So let's go with, 
uh, say, say you're a Trump supporter, all right? And you, as a Trump supporter, believe that the president is an honest person and you should listen to what he tells you. And he tells you that you should not wear a mask or that Corona is a hoax uh, or that hydrochloroquine will, will, will save you. And you then do it and you do all the stuff. Like you aren't lying to other people. You aren't intentionally saying I'm lying. You just believe that a lie is true. And so not all of your actions are a manifestation of that lie. And so like the common type of bad faith that we think about is when the person is lying to somebody else. But I think a very prevalent one in America is the bad faith where the person is lying to themselves and now they are perpetuating a lie. And so that's a, that's bad faith. You know, um, I have a couple ways that I want to take this conversation, but I want to start with the second bad faith, which is the, the existential bad faith, the lying to yourself. Uh, truthful actions are a manifestation of a lie. Because when you said that, it made me think of um, the Kentucky Attorney General, Daniel Cameron. Oh, yeah. In, in handling the Breonna Taylor case. And, you know, when he started his, you know, when he announced the charges or the lack thereof, uh, he said, you know, as a black man and went on, went to say, you know, what, what came to this decision that he made. But I also think about Tamika Mallory in response to him. Uh, you know, was at a press conference um, and said, you know, Daniel Cameron ain't, ain't one of us. He's Austin folk, ain't your folk, and he's believed the lie. You know, he's someone that you, you, they've been put in, you've been put in place to believe the lie, and now you perpetuate the lie back out to your own people. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, it's like Daniel Cameron is acting in bad faith because it's worse if he's being deceitful if he it's one thing if he's being untrustworthy and he's being deceitful he's doing it in kind of an intentional bad faith but i think this existential bad faith of kind of like drinking the kool-aid if you will <laughs> it yeah. is is crazy because it makes me think that there's a lot more of there might be a lot more of us who are drinking a lot of different kool-aids <laughs> oh yeah so like it comes uh, how does that hit for you oh it's very true like so like with, with Daniel Cameron, I, there's this, this old phrase um, that's, that's uh, uplift suasion. So it's like persuasion, but they dropped off the per. And this uplift suasion was this American idea that if you are a black person and you work really hard and you get, you uplift yourself. You uplift yourself because you get education and work really hard, that that uplift would mean that you have like lifted yourself above the oppression of racism, you know, like that's just a thing that you would happen to you. This is your, you know, this is how you get out from like systemic racism and oppression in America. And, you know, a lot of black people believe this, this idea. And it makes sense to like give that a, a good try. Like the worst case scenario is you become educated, you know, <laughs> you know, um, but what happens is clearly you get, you become like affluent and live in like a white neighborhood or whatever. And 
you still get racist abuse. Like it still happens. Like the 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 uplift suasion doesn't work. Like it was a lie. Like that idea was a lie. You believed it, and it's pretty clear that like it was a lie from the get go because like American racism is just based on how people look. It's not based on how much money you earn. Like it's just if you look a particular way, our society has decided that you're bad, regardless of anything that that has anything to do with you. Totally, you know, it's nuts. But so, like, up persuasion is 100%. That's just a lie. And this dude, Daniel Cameron, clearly has believed some kind of a narrative um, for advancement and individual uplift that he feels, like, liberates him from, you know, systemic racist stuff. And, like, his ideas align a lot with Republican ideas. So, yeah, no, he he he's an individual and so like he clearly doesn't represent the black community because he doesn't think about stuff regarding a community but as a black person he does know that there's a greater chance that he could get like killed by the police because he's black but that's just because of how he looks not because of like the community the ideas he has so like yeah there's there's a lot of iterations of bad faith in the u.s i think the u.s is just like shaped by bad faith because yeah. like, if you if you look at just ethnocide, just the basic premise of ethnocide, if, if there is a person who's going to engage in ethnocide, if I know that their agenda is ethnocide, I would never interact with them. You know, like like if someone's genocidal, like you really don't have much of an option to like they're just going to come and try to kill you. There's really not much like of a conversation or exchange that's going to occur, you know? (laughs) But with ethnocide, there's a bit more of a conversation because they're trying to create a dynamic where they can exploit you forever. You know, that's, that's, that's the, that's the deal. If you know that someone's intent is to exploit you forever, when they have a conversation with you, you would just never have a conversation with them. Like you just, that there would be no interaction. So the only way that like an interaction can occur in ethnocide is with bad faith. It could be the initial bad faith where it's like, I need to lie to these people to fool them so that I can then exploit them. But it could also be the second iteration where it's like, I actually believe that the exploitation that I'm about to do isn't exploitation, that it's an opportunity or something ridiculous like that, you know? Like, and America is just fueled by this deception, bad faith all the time. Like, you know, you can look at the conversation regarding internships. That's just free labor. But that free labor gives someone an opportunity to get money later on in life. So this is a good thing now. It's like, no, it isn't. What you're speaking towards was actually like the other side of like what I was thinking of when it comes to like um, bad faith in business or just how it's become the norm kind of through our capitalistic and our business means. So, you know, as a business owner, I remember kind of like how much of getting ahead is kind of built on little white lies or even like advancement into, I saw a tweet this week was like, all people do on LinkedIn is just lie. (laughs) because they're trying to get themselves ahead. And, you know, the little white lies and that bad faith 
it becomes a norm to get us ahead and to whether that's at our own expense at the expense of other people but it creates this this norm or this community of of we don't have to move in truth you know or we don't have to move in a way of you know actually caring about folks but really just to get what i need and what i need for my for me and my people i'm thinking going back to like donald trump only paying 750 dollars in taxes it's like that's in bad faith because you know that he took every opportunity and every did everything he could to not have to pay that money and he would have deceived as many people as possible to not owe any money so it was in a source of greed and it was in a source of getting himself ahead so that he could attain whatever power that he wanted and for someone like that to make it to that space we're now seeing how so much of the constituents of the of these people in the body it's just the threads of american society yeah what exists here bad faith yeah. it's just bad faith like yeah for regarding business yeah just the phrase fake it till you make it right this is bad faith it's just like if you lie to enough people at, at a certain point they'll believe those lies and once they do that then you're good and now you've made it you know like if you like that's the whole narrative it's that's just crazy like <laughs> and being you know it's funny that you bring that up because like as a i remember my first years as an entrepreneur this is me being like completely transparent i remember fake it till you make it was like the number one like all right i need to make these people believe that i can do something then I have to do it. <laughs> and, but it was the convincing of people in the, the sales part in the beginning was all just faking it till you make it, making people believe that you can do it despite the lack of actual experience of doing it. Yeah, like we've all, like if you are an American and you haven't at some point engaged in faking it till you make it, like that, that's astonishing. Like we encourage everybody to do that at some part of life. Like, and, and we, we explain that that's a good thing because we believe that we will figure it out. You know, like it's inevitable that the making it part will happen. So the faking it isn't bad because you're not really lying because it'll become true by the time they found out that you were lying. So it's not a lie. And it's like, <laughs> that's nuts. Like that's, that all of that is just bad faith, top to bottom. And you know, like, you no, know, if you go to Donald Trump and his taxes, like a, a larger conversation is just how Americans are accustomed to feeling like they can't trust their government, you know? And, and it's because our government is based on ethnocide. It's not a system that we are, we aren't accustomed to making trustworthy systems here because our society is based on bad faith. So even if your government has this really simple idea, the government is, if you vote, that helps pick the leaders and we collect money from you to fund this, but don't worry, we then give that money back to you so that you can have collective services that you need. That's all we do as an entity. You get to pick the people who run it and we take your money, but then we give you your money back in a better, more collective way 
to provide you with the services that you need. And if we do, if we pull it together, it's more efficient than if you just do it as an individual. Very, very simple idea. Like there's nothing outrageous about that concept. We as Americans do not have the confidence that if we give the government our money, that they then will give it back to us in a way that's beneficial. And the reason we don't have that faith is because our government has never done it. Like black people exist in American society largely to get taxed and get nothing in return. And businesses, business leaders are encouraged to live in American society as an entity that's completely apart from the government system. Like, like we, right. we encourage you to live in a way where you don't have to have the burden of funding the government. The government has an obligation to help you get funded. What? Like, and then people also like to view businesses as if they have the same moral obligation as a person. No, like a business is just an entity that people created for the sole purpose of making money. Where does that have anything to do with a moral compass? Like how, like why would this thing be good? Not just a thing that was created to make money. Like there's just so many like misconceptions based on just like, just horrible foundations. And like, I'll wrap this up real quick, but like, with businesses, colonialism and the founding of America were business ventures. Like the, the British came here to make money. And so from the very beginning, we've had this narrative that businesses are good and that there's an inevitability that they'll make money or they'll survive because America was just a business venture. Right. That business venture has clearly been very detrimental to African Americans and indigenous people. No doubt, like that's that's just a fact. It's we're gonna buy up all these people and we'll just try to ruin their lives forever so that white people can make money and we'll we'll also take away all the land of these indigenous people and kill a whole bunch of them so that we can put our businesses on it and this is a good thing and businesses are good and we don't need the government. It's all based on just the founding ideas of American society, which at SCL we would describe as ethnocidal and those are all bad faith. And now we do a lot of the existential bad faith because we believe a lot of these American lies to be true. And so now our actions are just a manifestation of, of lies, even though we're not trying to lie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, what's sitting with me right now is just the, the uncontrolled bad faith or the um, latent bad faith that we all have that, you know, I think it leads to like, the, you know, why this podcast and our conversations are so powerful, because now we can actually give language to those feelings and those things. Because, you know, when we first kind of started tossing around the word bad faith, we tossed this around with Kurt so many months ago. I remember it was a focus on every time we called out something that was in bad faith, we looked at where was the good faith? Where, how do we move this in good faith? Um, I mean, I think looking at a lot of situations, you know, or every situation that we're kind of going through right now and saying, how do we do this in a way that is in good faith, that it helps me, it helps others, and it builds people up. I think we've kind of seen that through, like, coronavirus and quarantine and just seeing people, like, 
the uh, uptick in mutual aid, the uptick in people um, gardening and becoming sustainable for themselves, or people doing a lot more uh, self-work and self uh, on wellness. And I think that's an acknowledgement of people seeing that so much of the world was in bad faith and they're trying to counter against it because it's working, it's not working for them. And I think we're in a, we're kind of in this reckoning of acknowledging that so much of the world is in bad faith. And it makes me feel confident that in return, people will actually move in more good faith. You know, like a, a key thing is when societies have tried to create good faith, you know, like relationships or structures, they've had to create new words for that. Like democracy is clearly an endeavor on creating good faith. Mm-hmm. For you know, Europe was just feudalism, and there was all sorts of narratives about how the king was a descendant from this from God, and we all need to follow what he says, and he cares about all the people, and but you know, it's like eventually people just woke up and realized that all of that was a lie, and that they needed to create a structure where people could be respected as human beings and they had the opportunities to get basic services and they, they could no, not just live in perpetual poverty and illiteracy. And so like democracy is clearly an idea in, in good faith that clearly the Greeks came up with, but was brought back to Europe in, you know, in the 1700s. So right now we're definitely in, a, in a, an era where people do a lot of bad faith. U.S. is a peculiar place because we have all of these good faith European ideas, but we apply them with bad faith. So we think we, people think that they're doing a lot of trustworthy things and that we have all these systems that are good and we can trust them, but they've always been used in a bad faith way. Uh, and that bad faith has been used to oppress and marginalize people of color. So like if you're an oblivious white person who doesn't really think about how America has harmed people of color, you're going to think that America's done good things all the time. But that's just because you believe a lie. And that lie is largely just due to your ignorance, not necessarily you've been trying to lie. And so when we talked before about everything, yeah, good faith is a, we can talk about it at a macro level, but also at a, at a micro level, person to person, just trying to have good faith relationships with people and not bad faith stuff and we all will do some stuff every now and then that we go ah that's bad faith i don't know if you you should you should think about that again you go ah you know that's right i i either was lying to myself uh because that lie that i told myself made me feel better and i thought that that's like all that mattered um or i was intentionally lying because i just didn't want to deal with reality like people do that all the time and having the word bad faith or mauvaise foi um can be like a personal check to help you do good faith or uh, or bonne foi. Um, so it's quite significant, but you know, at a macro level, the U.S. does bad faith all the time, and I think we strangely expect the worst in people a lot. I think we expect people to do bad things while thinking we're a good society, which is very very strange. Yeah, man. I, I don't want to get like too overly political, but like the Republican Party is really like, we'll, we'll go with both parties, to be honest. The Republican Party is without a doubt, like moves in bad faith. 
there's just no ambiguity about that. The the juxtaposition between how they treat Merrick Garland versus how they want to treat Amy Coney Barrett is just an example of bad faith where you can't trust them. But if you're on their team, you know that their bad faith is being used in a way that you believe will help your team. And so that's why I think a lot of Republicans are perfectly okay with bad faith. I, I think I think the Democrats have like a, another type of bad faith where they they have too much trust in like the sanctity of our institutions and don't think big enough about how to like make larger reforms to make our society more equitable. And that's a problem. But if you look at like one problem is that people are like actually exist to deceive you. And another one is you, you need to get the other people to think a little bit bigger. Clearly, you know, the Democrat one is far, their bad faith is far more encouraging. <laughs> it's funny because it's, it's actually both of what you said earlier with the two forms of bad faith. You know, the Republicans, you know, represent that lying and deceitful bad faith where the Democrats almost represent the lying to yourself. You know, you kind of believe in the system that's not, that's never really worked, but you still take truthful actions within it, you know? Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. So very true. And so, so yeah, that's, that's bad faith. That's our word or mauvaise foi. That's our, our word for the week or our phrase for the week. That's nice. And you know what? Let's, let's not be remiss in, in giving our audience also what the opposite of that is, what good faith is. Bon foi. <laughs> bon foi. You know, and we, you should try to have good faith relationships with people. And those are relationships with people that you can trust. And, you know, they're not deceptive. That's, you know, and you should create societies and organizations and, and processes that aren't built on deception, that are built on trust. Real simple stuff that strangely is kind of revolutionary in the u.s <laughs> crazy man well um you know this has been a great conversation on mauvaise foi bad faith on you know language for liberation a product of the sustainable culture lab radio which you can find on all of your favorite podcast platforms so you know you can check out this episode you can listen to previous episodes and also conversations from our previous events on on that platform and also on our website scl.community so we thank you for listening to Language for Liberation today. It's, this has been your boy, uh, OG Baca and Barrett Holmes Pitner. And we'll holler at you guys next time. Peace. Peace.